You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What's going on? Welcome to Talking Football with Ray. And believe it or not, my name is Ray. And I'm going to be the one talking football with you. Before we got to the show, you need to remember that we are talking about a kid's game that's played by grown men. So sit back, relax, don't take yourself too serious, and let's have a little bit of fun in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Zero! What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Talking Football with Ray. My name is Ray. And that means I'm going to be the one talking football with you. It's Thursday, and that means it's going to be a chilled out, laid back, just cool version of the podcast today. Monday, I had that goofball Connor. Tuesday, I had Colts faithful Lawrence. Wednesday, I had that table jumper Mario. And tonight on this Thursday, December the 9th, 2021, I have my boy Mike Ann in the house to talk some NFL football with you. For those of you who do care, I'm feeling a bit better tonight. Looks like I'm finally on the other side of whatever virus thing I've been dealing with. I feel so good. I actually went and recorded some exclusive content over on the Patreon tonight. And don't forget that Friday night's episode of Talking Football with Ray features the Patreon members. So if you want to join the pod, head on over to Patreon. I've actually got a few interesting subjects that I want to talk to Mike about tonight. So that, you know. Some of them could have been headliners. You know, for most shows, I packed in a lot for tonight's episode. Mike and I are going to be discussing, did Jerry Jones really have to call out Cowboy receivers? How bad has Patrick Mahomes been this season, and is it all his fault? Three Patriots players are leading the Pro Bowl voting. We did our fan poll today that said, what is going to be the most exciting NFL game this weekend? Can Bill Belichick win both executive and coach of the year? And Joe Burrow was present at Bengals practice. Mixon was out with an illness, and that's a big deal for those Bengals. Obviously, we have a lot to talk about. I also want to try to get this show done before the Vikings and Steelers kick off, so we should get started. So I'm going to play you a pre-recorded spot where I tell you all about my sponsors and my bosses over at Newsbreak. And when we turn things around after the ad, Mike and I will be together to start the Talking Football with Ray podcast. Over 1 billion users have downloaded the free Newsbreak app, getting access to all of their local news and content provided by Newsbreak. However, not only is Newsbreak a sponsor of my channel, they're also my bosses. I have been marked as a top contributor for Newsbreak covering the entire NFL. So what are you waiting for? Download the 
Newsbreak app from the link that I've left in the description, and it directly supports my channel. If you want transparency, I'll give you transparency. Every time somebody downloads the Newsbreak app from the link, it directly puts money in my pocket. So download the app, get unlimited free access to all of your local news and all of my NFL content for free while also supporting the channel. It's a win-win for everybody, so please take 30 seconds and download the Newsbreak app from the link that I've left in the description. And we're back live here on Talking Football with Ray. We're live on Twitter, live on Facebook, and we are live on YouTube. Of course, you all know that I am the king of self-promotion. And you can find my content all over the internet. Find me on YouTube, Twitter, Newsbreak, Patreon, all those podcast networks. You know what I'm talking about. Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. And of course, you can find my podcast and my blogs over at DeanBlundell.com. Make sure that you check out both my YouTube channels, Talking Football with Ray and NFL News with Ray. Make sure that you come to check out my exclusive Patreon content over at the Ray Route Patreon page, www.patreon.com slash Sports. Links are also in the threads and descriptions. No matter how you're watching or listening, make sure you hit that like button. If you haven't done it already, follow me on Twitter at DPN underscore Ray. Subscribe on YouTube and subscribe to the podcast. Mike N, what's going on, man? How are you? What's up? What's going on, Ray? Oh, just, you know, living the dream here. I'm finally starting to turn around after being sick as a dog since Saturday, to be real with you. My daughter got sick on Friday. She had to go get the uh, Rona test, came up negative. I woke up Saturday morning with the sniffles and thought, oh, no, got a little worse on Sunday, got even worse on Monday, got bad on Tuesday, peaked on Wednesday, and I woke up this morning feeling like a new man. I'm still dealing with it a bit, but doing a whole lot better, bud. That's good to hear. Did you so know just that brought this... a bug home? Hopefully, oh, yeah. regular flu. Well, you know, the kids go to school. It's like a petri dish, right? It's right. Just they right. go to yeah. school, and it's like a petri dish, and you can't get away with it. Uh, did you know that this weekend is the Grey Cup weekend? It means it's the championship for the Canadian Football League. I found out on Monday. Which... I had absolutely no idea. Yeah, so I am apparently a bad Canadian for not knowing that it was the Grey Cup this weekend. I was, uh, I did a guest spot on a Canadian show here, and they asked me if I was going to watch the Grey Cup, and I had to admit to them that I didn't even know it was the Grey Cup until Monday. So, and uh, I kind of got called out on. They're like, "You're a football guy," and I'm like, "Yeah, but I, I watch like real football. I watch the NFL." Yeah, I don't... yeah. So I, I saw the spot. I saw you get called out. I kind of left. So. It's okay. They don't know what By real Lachlan. football is. They don't. They don't know what real football is. But I don't know if you know. So Dean, though, who's obviously the owner and operator of DeanBlundell.com, hosts the Dean Blundell Show. I think like the second largest, second most viewed uh, news podcast in Canada. He uh, he was on my side. He knows how just fucking god awful the uh, the CFL really is. Yeah, he laughed. I I kind of liked it. Yeah, maybe and we he, should uh, talk. He mentioned uh, he he mentioned what uh, you know nobody knows when or where the Grey Cup is or something of like that like that. No, no, has no idea. No, it's in Hamilton, which is literally like an hour and a half away from me. Like it's literally down the queue. It's near Buffalo, to be real. Well, it's probably not even that near. It's still probably like forty five minutes from Buffalo, but it's it's that way. And. uh I, they were talking to their, I was listening to the Dean Blundell show today and they're charging like $500 a ticket. I'm like, I wouldn't, you couldn't pay me $500 to go watch the Grey Cup. It's cold. It's three down football. 
it's a bigger ball, bigger field, different game altogether, man. The receivers get running starts. You know, this confused me is the NFL is always looking to like put in an expansion franchise in Europe or, you know, like Mexico or somewhere like that. I'm really surprised that American football hasn't made its way into Canada. I mean, we already share a, ba- a baseball league. We already share a basketball league. I just, I kind of don't get it, but can I tell you why? Can I tell you why Canada will never get an NFL team like ever? It's ad revenue, ad revenue, man. Yeah, it's all ad revenue. Like we don't see the same commercials as you guys here. When, even when you guys are like, oh, you know, you know, like when Jim Nance will be like, uh, we're gonna go to halftime. Stay tuned for a sneak peek of the brand new movie, whatever Spider Man movie. Here's the trailer for that, right? Like, I mean, Marvel or whatever Disney, I guess they put a lot of money into that, right? Like they put a lot of money to have that spot put in that prime time spot. That cuts away, right, and yep. we we watch like a grocery store commercial. We don't get to see the trailer, like we don't get the same thing. So things like Yikes. so, and then like Geico. I don't believe we have Geico in Canada, and like right. Geico's like so, Geico's like an official sponsor. So when it comes to TV rights and all that stuff, it's it's the same like all Canadian sports. Like when it comes to all like the TV rights and stuff, like they have their own deals and everything. They don't have the like they. they have like the canadian rights to the nfl and the canadian rights to this and the canadian rights to that like you guys now if you want the uh nfl network you have to get it on in like the sunday ticket not sunday ticket but the yeah the network we get all the games and the coaches all that right like you have to get on espn plus we get it on the zone here the zone is the canadian coverage right and then we got to watch games on like ctv and all this it's all a big scam to keep all the canadian networks that are dinosaurs that don't have their own apps or if they do they're garbage and you have to be a you have to be subscribed to a provider to get it where like in the states you can just like sign up for espn you can just like kind of like pick and choose here in canada i mean it's so they're putting in bills they're putting like bill c10 which you guys hear me talk about all the time that's just it's trying to fuck creators like me and and trying to you know just help like cbc which is a government funded friggin uh thing it's it's brutal so that's why we'll never get an nfl team here there's the, the money is not here to come to canada it's that uh, yeah so silly it, it honestly and, is and we do things wrong here so a few years ago we had the bills in toronto series where the buffalo bills came like for five years and played games here and they'd never sold out the stadium once really? because wow. yeah because even though like we're close to the buffalo bills I'm not a Bills fan, yeah. like I, and I'm not an odd Patriot right. fan. There's lots of Patriot fans here in Canada, in the Toronto area. So yeah. even though like there's Buffalo Bills fan, it's not like it's Bills country. This isn't Western New York. This is, you know, Southern Ontario. So it just it just I didn't mean, work. And plus, plus tickets reason- are like, if you wanted to sit in nosebleeds, there was like hundred twenty dollars a ticket. You can go to Buffalo yeah, and buy uh, like eight bucks to sit in the nosebleeds. You know, like yeah. The cost makes more sense. I'm just thinking back to what was it, the Patriots Raiders game a couple of years ago in like Mexico City that was like packed the nines. You know, it's well, it was packed the nines, but it was never there either. And don't forget, like they're they're trying to build the NFL's trying to build their brand in Europe, build it in Mexico and South America and all these different continents. Right. It's already here in Canada, it's ingrained in us. I know. I just told you it's a great cup this weekend. 
I know way more people that are going to be watching the Bears and the Packers than are going to be watching the Grey Cup. I don't even know what time the Grey Cup starts. I don't even know if they're playing at prime time <laughs> or if they start early like the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's going to be way more people. Yeah. And you know the Packers are probably just going to blow the fucking brakes off the Bears this weekend because the Bears suck. And more people are still going to be watching it, to your point. Yep. Because the, the product of NFL is better than the product of CFL. The CFL is like a, a, a JV league. Honestly, yep. I think that the winner of the Grey Cup should play like the winner of the Pop League, Pop Warner Championship in the States, and they see who wins. Because like Alabama would destroy the best CFL team. Yeah, like, I was going to say. Yeah. So I don't think them having, I don't think the CFL playing in American college would be fair. So it'd have to be like some like Pop Warner or some like pick up like some flag football league on the weekend. That'd probably be the fair maybe match. Okay. some like D D three college or something like that. Yeah, you probably know, like a D three, not, not a D one, not a Big Ten, not an SEC or anything like that. It's uh yeah, for real. Yeah. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful. It's probably just not nearly as organized. And there's probably more money that gets pumped into some of those schools than does into some of these CFL teams, I imagine. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, yeah, so, I mean, it is what it is. And uh, thanks for checking out the spot. I appreciate that. Not a lot of people went over and watched that from my channel. I was a little disappointed. People are like, I actually, I was just thinking about it today. I'm actually going to ask Dean to come on one day with me because, like, I made this big deal about being on DeanBlendell.com and, like, all the Americans were like, who? Who? <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> I'm like, this is a big deal for me. You know, like, being a being a, a Canadian is a big deal for me. Being a, and, like, a, being like a, a Canadian in the Toronto area, it's a big deal for me. So perhaps I should have him on right. here so you guys. But you saw him. You saw he's a chill fucking guy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he's 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 a, he's a chill guy. Seems like a cool guy. You know, I liked that he was actually a Buffalo fan, so he understood and appreciated the value. You know, value of the game, whereas most people would be like, we know who the Patriots are. Who are the, you know? Yeah, and he liked how I destroyed Sean McDermott. <laughs> Nailed him to the wall, as he described it. I'll try not right. to get too much into that tonight. I'll maybe I'll harass Mario if he's on a little tomorrow. Yeah, no, no Buffalo Bills talk tonight, but I do got six stories we should get to. Let's start with this one. So Jerry Jones, obviously the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, he was interviewed this week, and they were out talked about some of the offensive struggles that the Dallas Cowboys have had, and he basically came out and said the wide receivers need to run better routes, put no blame on Dak. And they were talking about it on Good Morning Football this morning. Basically, saying like, I'm. They were worried that going forward, it's never going to be Dak's fault. It's always going to be somebody else's fault. Like it was never Romo's fault, and and really, it was never Jason Garrett's fault in Dallas either. Even when he was fired, it was never his fault that things never went by. For me, I'm like, as soon as you sign or get drafted with the Dallas Cowboys, you have to accept that Jerry Jones is going to say this kind of stuff. And we know it's clear. Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott are Jerry Jones guys. And once you're a Jerry Jones guy, they will throw everybody under the bus to protect those kind of people. But what I don't understand is like, when you look at the Dallas Cowboys receivers, you got CD lamb. Who's got an offensive ranking on PFF of 87.1. Amari Cooper's got an offensive ranking of 74.1. Michael Gallup has a 72.9. Anybody in the NFL in this is going to have three quarterbacks in the seventies or eighties. I was gonna. You're, you're you've got a stacked team. CD Lamb's ranked number four. Dak Prescott on PFF has an 83 grade. He's fifth amongst all quarterbacks. He's got an 85 passing grade, 39 run grade. If you look at the way he ran all season, or the way that he played all season, 
he's been your typical prototypical good quarterback not a, a great quarterback not you know he's had games where he put 445 up against new england 403 against tampa bay right he put 375 up against las vegas two weeks ago and then he had games against like carolina where he put up 188 put up 216 on kansas city 232 on denver it, it's he has these like phenomenal games he has these okay games and he has these sort of mediocre games it's you, you take it as it comes why what do you think is happening and why do you think dallas's offense has been struggling number one and do you think it's the wide receivers having to run better routes from what you've seen out of dallas so i don't think it's the wide receivers needing to run better routes I think this is just an example of Jerry Jones, like you said, being Jerry Jones, saying something kind of off the cuff, maybe something he heard from a coach, a coach that was maybe a little upset or trying to blame deflect a little bit. And, you know, Jerry Jones is the only owner with a radio show that's going to go out there and kind of call out his players. I don't know if it's some motivation tactic or what, what have you. But at the end of the day, I think the question that was originally asked to him was something about in regards to Dak's health. And essentially he blame deflected to the wide receivers. Listen, I'll take a page out of like Tom Brady, Bill Belichick's book. If I'm right there and I just say, you know, Dak's a little beat up. He's going to play a little better because I, that's what I imagine Tom Brady saying. He's never going to, he's never going to throw his wide receivers under the bus and go, yeah, Julian Edelman should have ran a better route. That, that that's like you know that's what blew up the pittsburgh steelers super team a couple of years ago was big bengos yeah ab should have ran a better route and it it exploded from there and that's that's kind of what this sounds like honestly i think the biggest problem is dak has had some little ticky tack injuries you know he came out of that patriots game the last game he had that that boot on i think that kind of messed with him he's had some other little things that Dak's been average this year. And yeah, CD Lamb's had some drops. Amari has his weird, you know, hot and cold games. You know, Michael Gallup is the third guy on that third, fourth guy on that team, depending on uh how many targets Schultz gets. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put it at the feet of the quarterback because ultimately that's whose responsibility it it is. And let's be honest. Dallas Cowboys, the Dallas Cowboys do better when they run the football. Nobody wants to, you know, everybody wants to look at the flashy wide receivers. Zeke's not healthy. And I don't believe Tony Pollard had a particularly good game. He had an okay game last week, but the week before, you know, they, they're hot and hot and cold running the football too. It's, it's just lack of consistency. I think it's a lot of, you know, you could probably point it at Mike Mike McCarthy if you really wanted to. It's funny that you brought up the whole Pittsburgh Steelers thing, right? Obviously, Big Ben and AB. And everybody keeps talking about, like, how Mike Tomlin is this. He's a player's coach, right? He's a player's coach. I've always kind of thought, like, and, I, and, and, and I've grown a lot of respect for Tomlin as, over the last three years and, like, what he's been able to accomplish with a beat-up Roethlisberger or when he was, like, a game away from the playoffs with Mason Rudolph as his quarterback. But... For the most part, too, though, he's always been a loyalist to to Big Ben, right? And it's it's to get along, you got to get along with Big Ben. Where it's, you know, Bill right. Belichick almost took the exact opposite approach in New England, 
right? <laughs> like it was. Yeah, I think and, he distanced himself from Tom Brady the, the last few years. You're right. Yeah. All right. So I want to get into this next story here. We still got five more to go through. Uh, so NFL on CBS tweeted out today, Patrick Mahomes has thrown a career high tying 12 interceptions this season. And they said, however, seven of those interceptions have hit the receiver's hands first. So I was like, we got to look at the context of everything, because I think some of the context of him playing bad, the context wasn't there that should have defended him. But I think there's other things where he's being defended where I'm like, well, let's look at the numbers. First thing I did, I went over to player profiler first because player player profiler breaks down like true completion percentage, that kind of stuff. So let me give you these numbers, okay? True true completion percentage, 72.7%, 10th in the NFL. Not bad. This one surprised me the most. His supporting cast, meaning his receivers, tight ends, and his his weapons, like his actual supporting cast, they're ranked 16th in the NFL. They're not even a top 15 this year, which is not on Patrick Mahomes. That's on their individual scores and records, what they do. Yeah, hasn't Tyree Tyree Kills had a lot of drops this season? I believe he has, right? Correct, he has. But here's another thing: people say that, like, oh, well, the offensive line isn't protecting him. Is the 11th best protection in the NFL? Like his offensive line protecting him is almost top yes. 10 in the NFL for the season yeah, overall. Still, still the top third, not a bad offensive line. Yep. The Kansas City Chiefs have had 29 drops this year. That's first in the NFL. And you don't want to be first in that category. But here is where Patrick Mahomes' numbers fall off for him. A catchable pass rating, that means the passes he throws are those obvious catchable, those are passes you have to catch. This also takes drops out of the equation. So they remove all your drops and remove those passes in in total. 26th. He's thrown 72.8% of the time. He's 26th in the NFL. Danger plays, this is when you want to be low. You want to be the 32nd, 33rd, 34th quarterback. He's thrown 29 danger plays this year. That's eighth in the NFL. Interceptable passes, he's thrown 23. That's good for 11th. Um, This is the thing. His offensive grade on PFF this year, and of course, everybody take all the PFF grades with a grain of salt, is a 73.2. Let me tell you what that drop-off is. Okay, let me tell you what that drop-off is. 2018, his grade is 92.9. 2019, his grade is 90.2. 2020, it's 91.8. It's now 73.2. And don't forget, PFF takes in everything into consideration, who you're playing, who they're playing. That's a drop-off. So I reached out to my boy, the Brit Chief, and I said, question for you. Is Mahomes' drop-off in 2021 because of him supporting cast, poor defense, combination of all three, or something else altogether? I, I, I wanted to know. What what is doing this this year? So Brit Chief actually got back to me, and he says it seems to be a combination of a variety of things. Drops have been a big issue this season for whatever reason. Hill and Kelsey have had off days, but also there's a glaring huge hole in the wide receiver two position, losing Sammy Watkins without adding a valid replacement. Which was like, okay, here's another thing. Travis Kelsey, you want to hear his drop off? He's been at least in the 80s on PFF since 2016, okay? 88.9 in 2016, mm-hmm. 83.3, 87.9, 86.1. Last year, 93.8. This year, nine or 78.6. So you're getting a drop-off. Wow. Now, Tyree Kill yeah. is still rated. He's uh, He is still one of the top ones. He's got an 83.7 rating, so that's a good rating for PFF. McCole Hardman. 64.3 that's their number two 
Byron yeah. Pringle, 61.7. Demarcus Robinson, 51.6. And Josh Gordon wasn't even listed, which means he didn't wasn't didn't qualify for any of the yeah. things. So this is where yeah, I so oh, this ahead. is where I, I turn around and say to you. Has Patrick Mahomes been bad this season? Is it all his fault? Is it his team's fault? Is it a combination? What is going on with the Kansas City Chiefs offense that we all expected to be this explosive offense this year? So it's it's definitely a combination of things. First of all, football is a team sport. It's never going to be just w- one person, right? Like, let's let's just get that out of the way. That's, you know... As much as we want to think quarterbacks carry the team on their back and all the stats belong to them, it's not the case, right? So, first off, clearly Patrick Mahomes, I don't want to say he's regressed. He's taken a step back. I think saying he's regressed is is, is a bit much right now. The Chiefs st- still kind of look like they're figuring out whatever problem they had. Quick question, for you. Did I, old- quick question for you. Did I say they regressed or is there, are you just saying he didn't regress? No, no, no. I'm saying he didn't regress. Oh, okay. I don't think I, I, I don't think that. you did. But I but I, I, was like, I that think... doesn't sound like that doesn't sound like a me comment. Okay, no problem. Go ahead. No, no, Go no. Ahead. Sorry. That so that that's that's what a lot of the media air quotes, right, has been saying the last couple of weeks. Okay. And I think that's that's a bit which I think, you know, he's had they've had a sloppy couple of weeks. You know, the defense wasn't quite healthy. Um but listen, some of this does obviously lie on Patrick Mahomes. And I think ultimately with Andy Reid, um, you know, those danger plays and those catchable balls you're talking about his, you know, and I've watched quite a few Kansas city games, his mechanics and the sidearm and the craziness and the, you know, d- like, dude, just, just like throw the football normal, like stop it like i hate to say it and lamar jackson is in the same trouble right now and getting himself into the same type of throwing issues it's too much sidearm it's too many like crazy hero plays like just take what the defense gives you and in these guys with with legs so i don't get it like okay well if you can't toss it 50 yards run it for three yards live to fight another down you know um and like, I don't want to say anyone's ever figured out figured out the Chiefs, but I think Bill Belichick did give everybody a good blueprint a couple of years ago, right? To take Tyree Kill out of the game. So I think without a good number two receiver, they are kind of lost, right? I think they're regretting not re-signing Sammy Watkins. They thought either Pringle or Hardman could be the number two. And then, you know, we all laughed a couple of weeks ago as Patriots fans, when they said, oh, we're signing Josh Gordon, this is going to solve all our problems. Listen, we saw Josh Gordon that last year with the Patriots, and then when he went to Seattle for, like, five plays, he crushed, man. Like, he is just running with a piano on his back. Like, even when he's out there, he doesn't look like, you know, Josh Gordon. Um, and, and Travis Kelsey, listen, I've been watching more people jam him at the line. They figured out what he's about. Like, just bully him. Even if, even if he's going to catch a couple... that comes from Bill Belichick. That right there comes from Bill Belichick. He was the first one to really bully. He knew how to take Kelsey out of the game, was just keep rubbing him, keep throwing him off his route, and keep and, and playing you, physical. Right. Exactly. And you've seen that time and time again the past few weeks. And the, and the Kansas City Chiefs 
go the way Travis Kelsey goes because he really is one A target or number one target, right? And going back to the stats the last couple of years, and this goes to the running game thing I talked to you about with the, the Cowboys, they haven't had a great running back since Kareem Hunt left town. And like that's when everybody was really scared of that offense when they had the one, two, three punch with their quarterback. They had the tight end, they had the dual threat running back, and they had the wide receiver. And everybody was like, holy crap, what do we do? And I think, not that they've been figured out, but I think that fear factor is kind of lapsed a little bit now. Everybody goes like, yeah, there are a lot to deal with, but the NFL is full of these super offenses right now. The Rams, the Chiefs, the Bucks. like I'll, I'll even put the Bills in there. Like, there's a lot of impressive offenses. You just have to deal with them. You can't be afraid of them. Yeah, no, good analysis there, man. Let's get on to our next subject here. There are three New England Patriots leading the Pro Bowl voting. J.C. Jackson is leading all AFC cornerbacks in Pro Bowl voting. This, of course, all is according to Mark Daniels. David Andrews is leading all centers in the AFC. And Joe Cardona is leading all AFC long snappers. In my opinion, these are three players who have all been significant assets for the Patriots this year. They all deserve that spot. I would love to see people get a little bit more momentum behind a guy like Matthew Judon, who's been the Patriots' best defender this season. But he's going up against guys I believe he's in the same categories as the TJ Watts of the world, and that's going to be sort of hard to get him, especially as that first pro, that first, you know, first team uh, All Pro or um, sorry Pro Bowl. But you could probably still see him make the team funny enough because i didn't i did my research today because i was trying to figure out how many pro bowls each one of these guys have been to or whatnot if it all were to end today this is going to be the first pro bowl for all of them uh david andrews never been there joe cardona's never been there and jc jackson's never been there and i was a little bit surprised um so jc jackson is ranked eighth amongst all cornerbacks on pff that's the highest he's ever been he's got a 77 77 77.6 defensive grade his pass rush is only at a 54 but his coverage grade is 77 and his run defense is at 77.1 and i believe today that i saw that he's got the second best quarterback rating against him it's like 40.6 or something of that nature 2021 is his highest grade ever he's been in the 60s for uh, his first three years, he's in the high 70s now. Obviously, the Patriots' number one cornerback, probably because he was going up against Stephon Gilmore in the past two, that he would have been snubbed a little bit for that Pro Bowl honor. And now he's kind of got the opportunity to show that he's a number one because it's kind of tough for you to lead Pro Bowl honors when you're number two. David Andrews, on the other hand, this isn't even his best season. His best season came in 2017 when he rated at an 83.5, he was a 75.4 in 2018. 2020 actually dropped off, and he's back up to 76.4 this year. And he's a 75 a 75 grade in the run game, 73.1 in the, in the passing game, consistent all around. He's ranked seventh amongst all centers, which I thought he would have been uh, a little bit higher than that. And then Joe Cardona, there is no PFF grades on him. He's a long snapper. However, I think where we saw Joe Cardona was hurt at the beginning of the season. And we saw some issues on special teams early, especially in the punt, the, or in the, in the kicking game. Yep. And then where I thought we really saw where Joe Cardona is a huge piece of this team was in that game against Buffalo on Monday night, snapping into the win and snapping against the win. And every snap either to Jake Bailey or to uh, well, both the Jake Bailey, either on a punt or to set up a kick for Nick Folk, all the snaps were absolutely perfect. 
Um, just give me your general thoughts on these three guys leading the Pro Bowl. Do they deserve it? Is there any other New England Patriots you think should be there? Um, you know, I'll just get Joe Cardona out of the way real quick because long snapper is not something most people think about. Um, this really doesn't surprise me as a Patriot. You know, first of all, <laughs> we value special teams. So Bill Belichick is going to demand perfection out of his special team. So if you're going to pick a long snapper from any team, doesn't surprise me. You would pick one from New England. Um, David Andrews, actually, you know, I couldn't name necessarily the guys in front of him. But he has had, um, you know, you you think he should be higher. I'm, I think he's right about where he should be. He's had some games that are kind of up and down. He, the offensive line in general has been doing a lot better. So, um, you know, hats off to him. You know, I, I, I don't know if I would send him to the Pro Bowl personally. Um and listen, J.C. Jackson should be at the top of that list. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what metrics you're graded by. That game last week where he basically took the Titans completely out of contention in that game should be a perfect example of why he he is not only the number one cornerback on the Patriots, but he might be the number one cornerback in, in the league. Period. And, you know, I, I make a joke about it on the Patreon every couple days, you know, but like the money truck is coming for this kid. And I don't know who's going to pay it, but I hope it's the Patriots. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be difficult to try to pay him. Uh, a lot of people believe that he's going to get franchise tagged again and then the Patriots are going to move on. We'll have to see. Now, I yeah. did put out a fan poll today. We put one out every day over on the Twitter page. And I asked, what is going to be the most exciting NFL games this weekend? And I picked one game, Chicago at Green Bay. I probably should have replaced that with the Rams in Arizona. However, I'm going to tell you the three categories. You tell me what you think is going to be the most exciting, and then I'll give you the results of the poll. So I asked, what is going to be the most exciting NFL games this weekend? Chicago at Green Bay, Las Vegas at Kansas City, Buffalo at Tampa Bay, or a game not listed? Mike, what's your answer first? So I think I'm going to have to go with, um, if you're just, you know, talking about general NFL kind of stuff, it's prob probably going to be the Cardinals at the Rams. Um, this week, I think you're taking the two top teams in the NFC and kind of watching them duke it out. A loss here could be really big for the rest of the NFC, not necessarily the Rams, but it could put the Packers or even the Bucks back in contention to kind of, you know, see if they can buy for that top spot. Um, and then obviously as a Patriots fan, I'm kind of interested, you know, what happens in Tampa and Buffalo because it, it could either keep Buffalo alive for the AFC East or, or not. It could just kill them. Like that's how close it is right now. So, yeah, if I could have done that poll all over again, I would have left out Chicago and Green Bay and I would have replaced it with with the Rams at Arizona or vice versa. Um, for whatever yeah. reason, I just, I see Chicago and green Bay and that just excites me. That's just old school rivalry, you know, like that. I, I, you just, you just think bears Packers, right? It just seems like such a great hey, game. Hey man, the, you know, the bears don't have much to lose there. They, you know, especially after kind of being called out by Aaron Rodgers, they, they could bloody green Bay's nose and change the, change the landscape of the NFC real quick. So, well, yeah. And, and that's Mario. And I discussed that last night and we discussed like, are the, you know, are the bears going to go after him for his, I own you comment. Let me give you the results. 
Um, yeah, Green Bay and Chicago is the least interesting game for everybody. 2.4% of people voted for that. 7.3% voted for Las Vegas versus Kansas City. Uh, I do have a Makes greater sense. number of Chiefs fans who follow me now uh, on Twitter. Uh, majority okay. of my Twitter followers are New England Patriots fans or Buffalo Bills fans, believe it or not. That's sort of my, my two biggest fan bases. But Patriots, everybody knows, people don't understand actually how many buffalo bills fans i have that follow me uh buffalo at tampa yep. won it overwhelmingly with 86.6 percent of the votes and then game not listed 3.7 and everybody who commented on the game not listed all told me why didn't you have the rams in arizona on there and i was like oh yeah like i just got i just got so caught up in the chicago versus green bay thing um yeah i think patriot fans are excited obviously you know if tampa bay wins I, and I was talking about this tonight on, on a different platform. And I was like, if mm-hmm. Tampa Bay wins this game, then if the Patriots beat the Colts next week, the game at Gillette stadium against the bills means almost nothing. Like the AFC is theirs. Yeah. It, it means something for the AFC because I was asked today on a mailbag, you know, how many games can mm-hmm. the Patriots lose and still win the AFC? And I basically said zero. There's nothing. too many teams yeah. that are right there. However, a Tampa Bay win this weekend and then a win over the Colts for the Patriots next week basically wraps up the AFC for the pay AFC East for the Patriots. So at least, you know, you got the division. So I think that's why a lot of people are going to be excited. I think there's a lot of cool, good matchups this weekend. I mean, I'm going to be just cruising red zone anyways. That's how I watch football when the Patriots aren't on. And Mm -hmm. there's a part of me, even though I'm a diehard Patriots fan, who's thought about just watching red zone in general, because I just love red zone. It's, it's the greatest technological advancement in history of football. (laughs) Uh, that that was the end. So let's get to a really interesting one now here. So Deanna Rossini tweeted out today. We keep talking about Bill Belichick as the possible coach of the year. He's my pick for executive of the year. And before I get to you, I, I did some research today and put some stuff together. Okay. So is it possible? Yeah. The question I'm going to ask you, so think about this while I'm giving you my information. Is it possible that we could see Bill Belichick win both executive and coach of the year? So you look at the players he added in free agency or via trade, Trent Brown, John U. Smith, Matthew Judon, Davin Gotcha, Jalen Mills, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, Henry Anderson, Hunter Henry, Ted Karras, Kyle Van Noy, then Montrevious Adams, and Raquan McMillan. Outside of Adams, Anderson, who was injured, and McMillan, who was injured, every player on that list has made a positive impact on this team this year. Kendrick Bourne, obviously Brown, Henry, Van Noy, Gotcha, and Judon have made the biggest impact. And Karras was huge in stabilizing the offensive line when the Patriots' offensive line was struggling earlier in this season. And then you look at the Patriots that, or the Patriots that were re-signed. Cam Newton, Dietrich Weiss, Justin Bethel, Nick Falk, David Andrews and James White. So outside of Newton, who was cut before the season started and James White, who was injured, all the players who were re-signed this year have been instrumental pieces. Dietrich Weiss has been one of the better defensive ends on the, one of the better defensive players on the Patriots this year. Like he's not a Matthew Judon level, but he's playing fantastic. Obviously, Justin Bethel, special teammate, stepped in on cornerback, made a huge play in the, in the Dallas game to take away a touchdown. Nick Falk has just been kicking like crazy. David Andrews, captain, amazing. And then you look at the draft, right? Mac Jones, Christian Barmore, Ramondre Stevenson. He redshirted um, uh, Ronnie Perkins. 
you think about it after one year after Tom Brady leaves the Patriots, Belichick finds the future franchise quarterback with the 15th overall pick. Christian Barmore could be the steal of the draft at number 38 because he's playing like top 10, top 15 talent right now. You look at Ramondre Stevenson, who's first round talent picked at 120 in the fourth round. And again, we don't even know what Perkins is going to be. We don't know how Joshua Bledsoe is going to turn out to be. And then Cameron McGrone, who was the fifth round linebacker. So we got to see there. Then you think about Belichick's coaching performances against the Bills, the Browns, the Panthers, the Chargers, and even the loss against the Buccaneers, how he kind of shut them down. They were world-class. Uh, Rex Ryan came out earlier this year and talked about how this is the best he has seen uh, Bill Belichick coach. He's first in the AFC. New England is now first in the AFC with a rookie quarterback with a team that won seven games last year. They've already won two more games, and they won all of last season with four to remaining. The defense, they're third in total yards, third passing defense, first in points, six on third down percentage. Their offense is respectable, 18th in total yards, 19th in passing, 11th in rushing, 8th in points all year, and 7th in third down conversions. Here was the most interesting piece that I saw today that I just added right at the end. Darren Urban tweets out today, mm -hmm. Cliff Kingsbury smiled when he was asked about being in the coach of the year conversation with Bill Belichick, said the award should be named after the Patriots coach, quote, until he retires, I don't think anyone else should get that award. So obviously a lot of respect there from Cliff Kingsbury. In years past, Bill Belichick yep. has always sort of been automatically eliminated. This year, after what I laid out in front of you and what you've seen with your own eyes, do you, A, believe that he deserves that Coach of the Year? And do you see a situation where he could possibly take home both Executive and Coach of the Year at the same time? So, barring a complete and utter collapse in these next couple games, it, you know, where the Patriots, I think, would just need to get, not, not even just, like, lose. Like, they would just need to, like, get off the field and, you know, get blown out, which isn't going to happen. I really think he does be, and I'll say this as a, you know, a, a pessimistic, pessimistic Patriots fan. I thought they were probably going to win se about seven games this season. If they got lucky, you know, we thought this schedule was going to be a lot tougher than it was. And you kind of look at what they're doing without Stefan Gilmore. You look at what they're doing without Jonathan Jones, who, you know, it's not like he left the team. He got hurt and like, after that injury, I was like, wow, this secondary is really going to be in trouble. And yet again, he finds a way to make it work. He finds a way to make all these pieces work. And this is the thing I would pose to every Patriots doubter. Everybody who after like that sketchy Jets win in what, like week three was like, oh, if he doesn't win this game, they should think about a coaching change. First of all, don't you feel silly? Um, and, and like, let's just put Bill Belichick hypothetically on any team right now. Doesn't he make them better? Doesn't he make any team that he coaches automatically better? Like, yeah, I I could go on about this forever. But coach of the year again, barring maybe like an ultimate collapse, I think yeah, Cliff Kingsbury could be in that discussion because. The Cardinals haven't looked great the last couple of years, but they've also brought in a, a lot of talent, you know, um, as far as the executive of the year. Listen, you can make fun of all his drafts you want the last couple of years. Bringing in Mac Jones and not giving up anything else for him 
bringing Christian Barmore and moving up for like a third round pick and Ramondre Stevenson, let's just say it. He looks, and I like, this is me being weirdly conservative for some reason. He looks like a, a, like a first round talent. I'll say like, maybe if you stole him in the second round type of thing, like high second round, this draft has been a complete knock, like knockout, like absolutely complete knockout and i mean let's we can even go back to last year oddly enough and you look at some of the pieces that he might have put in place knowing that this season might not be the best like he got adrian phillips who's been like absolutely crucial to the way that defense is running like he you know michael and we knew nobody really talks about and oddly enough is sitting on the bench right now because ted karras does bring some form of stability to, to that offensive line listen and this kind of goes to the richard sherman comment today about you know paying you know pay jc jackson like his effing money it's bill belichick's job to kind of screw with people's money like it doesn't sound nice and i just said i wanted him to pay him but ironically enough it's it's his job right to make sure all these pieces are in place and you know at a reasonable price point and so if we look at those draft picks okay you traded up a little to get christian barmore you didn't move to get mac jones you waited for ramondre stevenson all these, as far as I'm considered, are first-round draft picks. He literally got three first-round draft picks this year. And anybody who wants to argue with me, I, I bring it forward. He he should be executive of the year. No, you're 100% right. And, I mean, it's just if he were to win executive of the year, which is basically general manager of the year, uh, that would do so right. much damage to the Belichick can't draft. And he's an awful – and the Belichick, the GM, hurts Belichick, the coach class. Um, and people out there but we're going to get to our final story of the night here we are kickoff is in about one minute guys so we are going to finish this story and then let you go watch football we appreciate everybody who's come on here live so the Cincinnati Bengals have quite an adventure ahead of them coming up and Joe Burrow has been playing with a dislocated finger uh, but Paul Denaire Jr. tweeted out today just left 30 minutes of practice open to media Burrow did what you would want to see he threw a few long short little for with uh, a little force mid-range with touch no tape or glove uh didn't take part in every drill but clearly enough to feel good about where the pinky is for sunday the Bengals have the 49ers on sunday they still have to face the baltimore ravens the kansas city chiefs the denver broncos and the cleveland browns having a somewhat healthy burrow will be crucial for cincinnati heading into this final stretch of the season because there are currently seven teams who can overtake the Bengals in this wild card race the wild card race in the afc is just phenomenal right now the chargers the Bengals, and the bills all are seven and five. The Chargers have the first wild card spot. Cincinnati is the second. The Buffalo Bills have the third. But all three teams are also basically a loss away from losing their wild card spot. The Steelers are in fourth with a six, five, and one. Indy has a seven and six, six record in fifth. Now that the bye week is coming up, a loss from one of these three teams will propel Indy up over them. The Raiders are six and six. The Browns are six and six. The Broncos are six and six. The Dolphins are creeping up at six and seven. It's really crazy. And as important as Joe Burrow is to this team going forward, Joe Mixon has also been a huge piece to this team. He's one of the best running backs in the NFL. I think he gets a little bit overshadowed, especially in the AFC North when you got to go up against running backs like uh, Najee Harris. And then you also have um, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And he kind of gets buried, but he's one of the best 
I would say a top five running back in the NFL. Well, he didn't practice today. Joe Mixon with a non-COVID illness sat out Wednesday and big brain fantasy football wrote something interesting. He said, this is probably nothing to freak out about, but just something to keep an eye on throughout the week. Lamar Jackson did miss a game this year due to an illness. And if for some reason Mixon can't play, uh, Preeny is their number two running back. And I take myself, for example, who's been dealing with what is the most people would consider the common cold because of what we've been dealing with the last two years with the pandemic. Uh, our immune systems are definitely not what they used to be. And I'm telling you, the last five days has been awful for me. And I don't think I could have played a football game. I'm obviously also not a professional football player, but I was really sick. And that's why I think we're seeing guys like Lamar Jackson not be able to play because of illness. Um, but let's look at this Bengals team with all the things I just laid out in front of you, the schedule they have in front of them, all the teams behind them. Are the Cincinnati Bengals going to make the playoffs this year, Mike? It's tough to say. They're a great team. I think they're almost there. Um, but they seem to be very inconsistent, so it's it's kind of a toss-up. You know, it, and I don't want to take anything away from them, right? Like, Joe Burrow looks like he could be the next superstar in the NFL. Joe Mixon, legit running back. You know, Jamar Chase for a rookie wide receiver, you know, was on pace to, you know, basically break records. It's it's phenomenal. So we'll see. Well, honestly, it's the story of the NFL this year is week to week. We can't like we 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 just we just don't know. I don't I don't know how to put it any other way than that. It's week to week. I know it doesn't sound that intriguing. You know, that's how close the AFC is right now. There's no front runners in the AFC. So a little illness like this, relying on a backup, it changes the collection of your team a little bit. It could completely change the face of the AFC. The AFC is absolutely insane this year. I mean, the whole way you think about that game on Monday night, the Patriots versus Bills, a win for the Patriots is first in the AFC, a loss is fifth. Like that's right. the it, difference it, between that's the difference between wins and losses right now on a week to week basis. That's how tight the AFC races. I still believe too that the Patriots are even in this conversation or even where they're sitting right now because of what the AFC has looked like this year. Because I thought by now, I mean we're going into what week fourteen. I thought there was going to be like two yeah. twelve and you know I thought there's going to be two twelve and one teams at this point. You know, like well, oh, okay, oh, go, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say like. And I know this is getting a little ahead of our skis, but like, listen, we played the Titans at like half strength to be generous, right? Like that, that's kind of incredible. Like, you know, you don't have AJ Brown, you don't have Julio Jones, you don't have Derrick Henry. Well, like, listen, the Patriots have benefited from the injury gods this, this year to, to your point, like it, it's crazy and it's cool. It's, it, it is honestly it, it, cool it, it, to see this much parody. It's been insane. I'd be terrified if I was in the Indianapolis Colts. Because uh, if you look at everything that's happened with the Patriots throughout this winning streak, I mean, it has not been good for the teams they either have to face or the teams they're facing. They knocked Zach Wilson out for weeks after they played the Jets. And that was the game. The Jets game is what kind of propelled them, right? That's what started the winning streak. They knocked them out. Yeah. They knocked Sam Darnold out of the game against Carolina. Nick Chubb missed the Cleveland game. Uh, against Buffalo, Tredavious White gets injured the week before. Uh, who else was in this Atlanta? They don't have Ridley. They don't have Cordero Patterson. Uh, I'm trying to think about who it, else. They it beat. is very, the, 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 Oh, the Titans, the Titans were decimated. 
yeah, the Titans are like this is you know we'll talk about this in a couple weeks you know down the road, but like, I think people aren't respecting the Titans name enough r- right now. Like I see a lot of the the projections and things like that. Like listen, Derrick Henry's coming back. Julio's practicing this week. AJ Brown will be back. Like and they just signed uh, what's his name from uh, Houston. Oh, they claimed him the off of waivers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I pro- I proposed like, the Patriots were should have traded for him way back, uh, back in the offseason before I think free agency even started. Uh, Cunningham, I thought that he was the I thought the Patriots should have made the trade from there because they were stacked at linebacker. No, the tight if the Titans can hold on to where they are, if the Titans can can steal a win and hold on, uh, yeah, Derrick Henry if and sneak into the playoffs, Derrick Henry comes back, Julio Jones is back, AJ Brown is back, suddenly. With that staunchy defense, suddenly that Titans team looks like they could be the best team in the AFC again. It's it's crazy. Mike, we got to get out of here. That's it for Talking yep. Football with Ray. Thanks a lot to my boy Mike N for coming out tonight. I'll be back live tomorrow at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the final episode of the week. I'll be joined by the members of the Ray Route Patreon page. This is an unstructured hangout where I just throw out some subjects and we just talk some football. You can find all my content all over the internet. Find me on YouTube, Twitter, Newsbreak, Patreon, and all of the podcast networks, Anchor, Spotify, and Pod- and um, Apple Podcasts. Of course, you can find my podcast and my blogs over at deanblundell.com. Make sure you check out both my YouTube channels, Talking Football with Ray, and NFL News with Ray. Make sure you come check out my exclusive content on the Ray Route Patreon page, www.patreon.com slash DPN Sports. Links are in the threads and descriptions. No matter how you are watching or listening to this show, make sure that you hit that like button. If you haven't done so yet, follow me on Twitter at DPN underscore Ray. Subscribe to me on YouTube. Subscribe on the podcast. Uh, on the Patreon exclusive stream tonight, I answered the Patreon member questions and I covered a couple of different stories. I talked about Aaron Rodgers not liking the Patriots game plan versus the Bills, uh, how Mac Jones won over his teammates and Mike McCarthy guaranteeing a victory over Washington. Uh, I also talked about what team I hated the most in the AFC East and a whole lot more. And you can only see that stream by signing up for the Ray Rout Patreon page and you can only hang out with me and the other Patreon members on the live stream tomorrow by signing up today. Thanks to my sponsors over at Newsbreak. Make sure that you support the channel and the podcast by downloading the free link that I've left in the description. Until next time, thanks for tuning in to Talking Football with Ray. And remember, you're all legit, kid. do did will the story of people podcast is now available on the crier media network the first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories ready tara sloan from the san jose sharks undercurrent podcast at nbc sports marianne iveson from iveson voice and the let's take this outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty 
from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com.